welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Borras. I am the son of Mexican immigrants, medical analyst at FantasyPoints.com, and I like craft beer. I'm just going to start throwing in random facts like that. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to talk about tight end tiers today, injury tiers. A few players that I'm high on in terms of, of durability, and a few players that I am a little lower on in terms of durability, uh, and then we will get out of here. It's going to be a, really, a pretty quick one. There aren't a lot of tight ends, um, but we will get started. So, before that, Thank you so much for everybody that's downloaded, uh, reviewed, uh, rated, and subscribed to the podcast. A bunch of great feedback so far. I really appreciate it. Um, it means it really does mean a world to me. If you can go and subscribe, this is something that is probably really stupid that I didn't realize. Um, the reason that podcasters want you to to subscribe is a because you get the content in the first place, you get notified. But b you actually get it like an hour or so before it's posted online if you're on mobile, uh, at least for Apple Podcasts. So you'll get things that I publish basically when they they are published as opposed to on desktop where you have to wait a little bit. So please, please, please uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And I am still doing the little free contest where if you subscribe and if you rate, give me a five-star review and screenshot me, tag me on Twitter, I will put you in the drawing for a free injury analysis of one of your redraft or uh, dynasty teams and i'll look at all of your players i'll give you a durability breakdown what i think of certain players what moves you should make from an injury perspective and whether i'm worried about them or not so make sure to subscribe review send me a screenshot tag me on twitter at fb injury doc and i will do that for you jumping in to the tight ends again so if you want to go to fantasypoints.com and if you want to read this entire article that I wrote, this is the injury tier series, um, running backs, wide receivers, and now we are on tight ends. This will wrap up the series. I did not do quarterbacks, but I'm considering doing maybe a, an article on quarterbacks that I am worried about in general. But here we have the green light tiers, the yellow light tiers, and the red light tiers. And what you need to know is that I broke it down in the exact same way I broke down uh, running backs and wide receivers, that I gave every player, I assigned them a value. It's an arbitrary value that eventually will add up to give them a volatility score. And then I look at the scores and I break down what does it look like um, from, a, from a medical perspective clinically, like should, we, should I be worried about the high score or not? And then I, I put them into tiers, right? So to give you an example, because I think I, I should have given an example in the first place, Rob Gronkowski, right? He, his volatility score looks like this. 1.25 points for being, you know, five years older than 26. 0.25 points for previous concussions. That's based on the recurrence rate of concussions, by the way. 0.1 points for the 10% ankle re-injury recurrence. 34 or 0.34 for the 34% hamstring injury recurrence rate. 8.18 for the 18% ACL injury recurrence rate. 0.5 points for the surgeries that he's had. And that's sort of like a clinical, it's a little more subjective. It's, it's my concern for the surgeries he's had in the past. And then another 1.25 points because I personally believe from a medical perspective, he is a pretty volatile player. I think that given all of his, his injuries, his history, and everything that he's had at 31 years old happened to his body, that he is objectively a, a very risky player to have on your team this year. It doesn't mean that he will get injured. It simply assigns a number, the 6.87, that tells us this is the level of concern that you should potentially have. And again, every player at a certain point in a draft becomes valuable 
But for me, I'm a little more concerned from a durability perspective from Rob Gronkowski. So if you want to take, again, if you want to look at the entire methodology and everything, you know, how uh, I, I accounted for every type of injury situation. And of course, I gave them uh, all tight ends a one for a hamstring issue, a one for a concussion issue, and a one for uh, an ankle issue, all at baseline. Everybody got those because they're the most common injuries. Uh, tight ends are very similar in the sense to wide receivers that they also get a lot of concussions. They unfortunately get quite a few. They also have quite a few hamstring injuries, which is similar to wide receivers, which is what we would expect. And then they have a lot of ankle issues, which we, we would also expect. Um, tight ends in general, they really do, um, since the landscape is so thin, I guess, uh, they're really, really difficult to parse out. Uh, it's really difficult to not recommend a tight end for any reason, simply be, even if it's medical, simply because there are just so few of them. And so I try to be as, as, as reasonable as I possibly can be. Um, but one thing that you need to realize is that there are quite a few tight ends who have had concussions, and that's I think that's the most uh, it's the most relevant thing you should really look at when looking at tight ends and drafting your tight ends. So in the green light tier, uh, I won't talk a lot about these these guys um, simply because they're like I said they're green light tier guys. There aren't a lot of injury concerns, and um, I'm just not worried about them in general. But just to be clear, this is the top what did I do here? This is the top 30 veteran tight ends in the green light tier. The first mini tier is Irv Smith, Jr. Mike Isecki, Ian Thomas, Johnny Smith, Blake Jarwin, Jay Sternberger, Dawson Knox. And then there's a tier break in, in the green light tier. The second mini tier in the green light tier is Gerald Everett, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, Hayden Hurst, Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby. That's the green light tier. Those are young dudes or dudes who've just relatively stayed relatively healthy. Uh, I'm not concerned about those guys unless catastrophe strikes. There's no reason to really be nervous for 2020. The yellow light tier, Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews, Eric Ebron, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle, Travis Kelsey, mini tier break. Second yellow mini tier, Chris Herndon, Josh Oliver, OJ Howard, David Njoku, Noah Fant, George Kittle. That's your yellow light tier. Your red light tier, Evan Ingram, Jared Cook, TJ Hawkinson. Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski. Okay, so let's dive into a few specific players I've been getting quite a few questions about. The first one being Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon is a super talented tight end in New York. He has a track record, unfortunately, of, of just not being able to stay on the field. But you have to remember that in 2018, I believe, he was in a an in a uh, auto accident, or not an auto accident, I guess. Maybe it was an accident. But essentially, he got a DUI. That's what happened. And I think he had to, he was taken to court because the person said they were injured. And he got suspended in 2019 for the first four games of the season. That threw off his workloads, right? Being suspended threw off his workloads. It threw off his, his ability to run routes, potentially. Um, it threw off, you know his body's circadian cycle, his sleep cycle, and all of those things we know affect soft tissue injuries. So of course the dude came back, hurt his ribs, but then hurt his, hurt his hamstring. And he played the entire season, well, you know, whatever the few games he actually played, basically injured. He's the guy that I'm really looking at in 2020 to potentially make a bounce back. Now, I don't have the fullest faith necessarily in the Jets offense. I mean, Sam Darnold's super talented, but I mean, you got the Adam Gase effect in New York and that's never great. 
But from a durability perspective, I think that if Chris Herndon can continue to show us that he can stay on the field and avoid further hamstring injuries, which is really the the primary issue that he has, then I think that he can be successful. I think that he can, if he can avoid the hamstring injuries, then he's pretty much a full go from a durability perspective. Now, his rookie year was in 2018, and he played all 16 games. That's pretty good. In 2019, I said he played games in 2019. He only played one uh, in game in 2019, so that's not even really saying much. I think that if you were excited for Chris Herndon leading up to the 2018 season, there's no medical reason to be not excited for Chris Herndon when it comes to the 2020 season. I think that he can be uh, he can sneak up on some on some teams uh, and end up being a, a pretty good contributor. So that's a dude I wanted to highlight. The next dude I wanted to highlight was this Jacksonville uh, tight end, this Josh Oliver dude. Also, similar situation. It's not similar situation, but he had a hamstring issue. And the thing about hamstrings specifically is that he actually uh, was out the entire season because of this issue. And rookies tend to have this issue. Now, we want to make sure that he does not have another recurrence, right? We want to make sure that he doesn't, you know, start the season off with a hamstring injury because that could be bad. But we do know that hamstring injury rates, recurrence rates, are in NFL players, pass catchers, are is 34%, which is nuts. That's high. That's super high. He's got about a 33% chance to re-injure that hamstring. But if he can avoid that, I think he can uh, he can also be sort of sneaky. That Jacksonville offense is not going to be great, obviously, but. Um, that's just somebody, if you were really maybe maybe a little bit of a deeper dive, deeper leagues, that's somebody that from a, a, a medical perspective really was uh, sidelined last year. And it sucks because rookies do tend to have these injuries, these, these soft tissue injuries because their workloads change. They go from basically from being a, uh, a college kid that's doing X, Y, and Z workouts and they jump into the pros and they completely change their strength and conditioning regimen. They completely change their... Um, their, their sleep patterns, their eating patterns, uh, everything is disrupted. And we know because of the research by uh, Dr. Tim Gavitt that I can link in the show notes, that is not a good thing. Anytime you change and spike your chronic workloads or your long-term workloads, or I'm sorry, anytime you spike your acute workloads, which is your short-term workloads, relative to your chronic workloads, you are going to be um, in a little bit of trouble when it comes to soft tissue injuries. You actually increase your, your risk for soft tissue injuries when you spike your, your workloads by about three to six, per, three to six times higher um, compared to average. So stumbled through that one a little bit. Moral of the story, I think Josh Oliver can be a deeper, a deeper league sleeper. George Kittle, he's the end of this yellow light tier here. And simply because the dude has stayed healthy, but I think one of the things that we need to remember is that he dislocated his shoulder in 2018 and he basically said, I'm not getting surgery and he hasn't had surgery. If it dislocates again, we can have a situation similar to what Dalvin Cook had to where he's out two to three weeks and then he re-dislocates it again and then he's out for nine months. Eventually, and, and this is a report, uh, I think it's Bleacher Report, where George Kittle discussed, I'll put it in the show notes too, discuss this, this same issue, um, the shoulder issue. I am not convinced that it's, it's not, it's a non-issue. I'm convinced that it is an issue and it's something that we should monitor. Obviously George Kittle is literally the tight end one, uh, in a lot of people's eyes, which is debatable obviously, but he's up there. Now we can't ignore the shoulder then 
We can't ignore the shoulder dislocation. We can't ignore the groin strain that he had. We can't ignore the fracture in his foot. Um, he's obviously an absolute athletic freak, and he's, he played through those things, but the shoulder specifically is what, bo- what bothers me and makes me a little bit nervous. Um, if I were splitting hairs and I was between George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, I probably would go Kittle. And that's simply, be, or I'm sorry, I would probably go Kelsey. And that's simply because of a little bit of uh, unknown when it comes to, to Kittle. So keep that in mind. I know that's not something that's very widespread, but go ahead and go ahead and do your own research, I guess. Go ahead and look at the links. I will put them in the show notes. Now, Evan Ingram in the, in, in the red light tier, right? Starting the red light tier, Evan Ingram, Jared Cook, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski. Evan Ingram. He is on the opposite trajectory as Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown is coming off his, this is going to be the second year that Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, second year after his list rank surgery. We talked about how I'm excited for Marquise Brown because it's going to be the second year and he's going to break out of that 21% uh, production dip that players tend to have, NFL players tend to have after they have a list rank procedure. Well, Evan Ingram is in the first year after a list rank procedure. Now, again, super thin position. At some point, drafting him be, is valuable. I am just nervous. I took him in Scott Fishbowl, and I hate myself for it. It was in the fifth round. There was a run of tight ends, and I panicked. I'll probably go grab Caden Smith. I think that he can stay on the field. It's just a matter of what is he going to look like compared to uh, his contemporaries. And it's it might look like a 21% dip in production. The only thing that helps Evan Ingram in this situation is that he's extremely athletic and he's the top tier player at that position. And that definitely helps him. But he does not come without risk. So there's a full-blown article on fantasypoints.com that I wrote about him, his injury profile. Go check it out. I'll leave it in the show notes too. So go look at that, what Jared Ingram has got going on. Now, Zach Ertz. Has had a uh, since 2015. He's had a hamstring injury in four of the last five seasons. That's you can't ignore that. The dude's 30 years old. He's had several hamstring injuries, injuries, and he's had two different times where he's fractured his ribs, which is interesting. I, I, I'm I don't know quite what to make of that yet, but that's not something to ignore. And especially the hamstring issue, if that's going to be cropping up, you know that's something that uh, at some point does hinder his performance, and at some point can get worse. Uh, Once you have a hamstring injury, the chances of you getting another hamstring injury are much higher. And we know that by about 30, that's about 34% higher. So Zach Ertz is somebody that even though he is going a little bit later, I think he's somebody that can still be a value, but he does not come without risk. He is in the red light here for a reason. Rob Gronkowski, the one that everybody's talking about, he's another guy that you can find my full breakdown on him uh, at fantasypoints.com. A lot of issues. The primary issues with Gronk are the is the back. That's the primary issue. He's had back issues since, gosh, almost college. I think it was college. He's had surgeries on the back. He's had protruding discs that are symptomatic, which matters. Uh, he's had two different surgeries for that issue. And that's something that you can't ignore. You cannot ignore that. So when you're looking at Rob Gronkowski, depending on what round you take him, he can be a value or... He can be a dude that plays limited snaps, limited time on the field, uh, doesn't necessarily block, doesn't get the most volume, and is competing for targets with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, and and you know who knows what's going to happen in that position. Will he be Tom Brady's outlet and his security blanket? Maybe. 
or will he just be the red zone guy? We don't know. That's another thing is that his body at 31 years old is simply, this is, this is a situation where injury mileage is adding up. It's not meaningless mileage. This is injury mileage for Rob Gronkowski. So I would not feel comfortable taking Rob Gronkowski very high in drafts, but at some point he could be a value for you. So those are the few that I wanted to hit on. Those are some Titans I wanted to talk about. So again, my yellow light tiers, my yellow light tier is uh, Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews, Eric Ebron, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle, Travis Kelsey, Chris Herndon, Josh Oliver, OJ Howard, David Njoku, Noah Fant, George Kittle. My red light tiers, Evan Ingram, Jared Cook, TJ Hawkins and Zacherts, Rob Gronkowski. I have full articles for Evan Ingram and Rob Gronkowski over at fantasypoints.com. And so those are the tight end tiers that wraps up our running back wide receiver tight end injury volatility score series. Uh, make sure you please subscribe. Uh, leave me a little review. Remember that if you screenshot your your review your review and tweet it at me, tag me at FB Injury Doc, you are entered into a drawing to get a free injury analysis for one of your redraft or dynasty teams. I'll take a look at every single player for free. Just leave a review, screenshot it, tag me on Twitter. So that's it for tonight. Thanks again for all of the all of the um, time that you've put into leaving reviews, those of you who have already. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. It all means a ton. Next week, we're going to have uh, Ball Blast, right? Half of Ball Blast, which is Kate. And uh, we're going to have Joe Dolan, the Joe Dolan, Graham Barfield. We're going to have Scott Barrett. We're going to have Sam Wallace. All those people are coming on. So make sure you subscribe, you review, don't miss a thing. Follow me on Twitter at the Injury Doc. Thanks again. Have a good night.